Welcome to Truth in the Word with Pastor Jim Newsom. Join us today as we allow the Word of God to be a lamp unto our feet and a light into our path. Now here's your host, Pastor Jim Newsom. Yes, good morning. This is Pastor Jim Newsom, and this is Truth in the Word on Biblical News Report Talk Radio. It's the 22nd day of January 2020. We're broadcasting to you today from North Central West Virginia. Continue on today in the book of John, chapter 13, beginning verse 21. I'm going to talk about Judas Iscariot today. Uh, try to pinpoint who he was and uh, why he did what he did. And did Jesus love him? But, but before we do, let's uh, go to prayer. Precious Heavenly Father, we thank you, Lord, for this opportunity to expound your word. And, Lord, the importance of your word today, you said it will go forth and won't come back void. We'll do that what you sent it to do. You sent your word and you healed us. And your word is quick and powerful and sharper than a two-edged sword and cuts asunder and divides. And we just ask you, Lord, in Jesus' name, that you anoint it for your glory, that you might be lifted up that all men might be drawn into you. We pray these things in the name of Jesus. Amen and amen. John chapter 13, beginning around verse 21, we're going to talk about Jesus dismissing Judas from the uh, Last Supper or the Passover Supper uh, to go and do what, what he did, which was betray our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Um, last time we talked about, we gave scriptures of uh, where Jesus was dealing, allowing Judas to lead way to uh, repent, to um, not do what he did, uh, because it cost him. Um there are many that say, well, he he could have went to heaven. Well, it, I don't think Scripture really points to that. Uh, the Word of God calls him the son of perdition, uh, one of only two is called by that name, and he's in full company with uh, a man known as the Antichrist. So <clears throat> very, very sad to... Uh, see a man or a person completely throw their life away and reject this gospel, this good news, Jesus Christ. See, we can we can do all we do as far as church and religion and church activities, which a lot of people are church busy. But do we know Jesus Christ? Have we accepted him or rejecting him anyway in our lives? And that's a question today that only me and you can answer as we allow the Spirit of God to deal with us and talk to us. Salvation is personal. The Bible says search out your own salvation with trembling and with fear. And uh, in this world of, of, of religious dynamics, I might use that term, uh, everything's about the show, the glitter, the... Uh, 
the structure. We need to know Jesus. The song says, do you know him today? Please don't turn him away. So Judas, uh, Judas is, is the Greek translation for the name Judah, which means praise, which uh, most likely he was the same tribe of Jesus Christ, which was Christ is, was, is of the tribe of Judah. His last name, Iscariot, um, commentators say probably means a man of Kaoth. And Kerioth was a city of Moab, okay, Moabites. They came from uh, the uh, union of of Lot and his daughters. Um, many say it's possible the name Iscariot means assassin or bandit. And uh, some historians even tie Judas's father Simon with a uh, group of Jewish patriots the insurrectionists known as zealots. Uh, but the stronger evidence favors a man of carry-off. Um, the Bible has several things to say about him. The... Uh, He was one of the twelve, one of the chosen. Uh, as I said, his name is synonymous with betrayer, which uh, he did. He was a betrayer of our Lord. And Jesus had a half-brother named Judas uh, who wrote the small book before Revelation, uh, but they named it Jude. Jude. Um, it's a good indication that Judas loved money more than he loved Jesus. John twelve six, talking about the uh, alabaster box full of ointments, which was used to anoint the feet of Jesus. And he said in John twelve six, he did not say this because he cared about the poor. He he. he uh, made the statement would this could be sold and given to the poor, but the scripture said he didn't care about the poor because he was a thief and a keeper of the money back. He was the treasurer. He used it to help himself to uh, what was put into it. So he was um, extortionist. And he took money from the Sanhedrin to uh, point him to Jesus Christ. And of course, we know about what's called the Judas kiss and um, called him rabbi, which means teacher, but also my friend. And he received 30 pieces of silver, which uh, in those in that culture was the cost of a slave. And in... Uh, we find that he was uh, possessed by Satan. 
but given many opportunities, as Jesus warned and warned and, and uh, told of that would the one that would amongst among you who uh, give the sop would uh, would do what betray me and uh, in chapter thirteen verse eighteen, I speak not of you all, I know whom I have chosen, but that the scripture may be fulfilled. He that eateth bread with me hath lifted up his heel against me. So it's a very a very sad, sad situation. And Judas's plight was not good. As I said before, he was called the son of the son of perdition. In John seventeen twelve, while I was with them in the world, I kept them in your name. Those whom you gave me, I have kept, and none of them is lost except the son of perdition, that the scripture might be fulfilled. So it was prophesied of him. You say, well, why would uh, Jesus deal with him? Why would Jesus try to, when it's well written in stone, uh, prophesy? Prophecy is conditional, and um, Jesus did not want, I can't can't believe, he wanted Judas to be destroyed. The Bible says Jesus come to heal, to save, and to deliver. But see, the, the kicker is when men receive him, and when men reject him, something happens to their minds. The Bible says that uh, because they chose not to retain God in their knowledge that he turned them over to a uh, spirit of delusion. Uh, the Bible uses the term reprobate. Conscience is seared. In other words, there's no concept of right or wrong. What a what a terrible, terrible, terrible plight. So, Let's read here in John 13, verse 21. When Jesus had thus said, he was troubled in spirit. Okay. He was troubled in spirit many times. He was troubled at the, at the raising of Lazarus. He was touched with the infirmities of Lazarus, the sisters. He was touched because this was his friend, the short description of the Bible, where Jesus wept. He was human. He uh, he felt the pain, and he was feeling the pain, and he was troubled, the Bible says, in his spirit because of Judas. And, of course, what was going to happen? And testified and said, Verily, verily, I say unto you that one of you shall betray me. Verse 22. Then the disciples looked one to another, doubting of whom he spake. Not really knowing of whom he spake. 23. And there was leaning on Jesus, the bosom of one of his disciples, whom Jesus loved. This was the writer of this book, John. And then Simon Peter, verse, verse 24. Therefore, beckon to him, beckon to John, that he would ask him, "Who is the should be of of whom he who who it should be of whom he spake?" In other words, who's going to portray 
him. And lying on Jesus' breast, 25, saith unto him, Lord, who is it? He just asked him directly the question. Who's going to betray you? Verse 26. Jesus answered, He it is to whom I give a sop when I have dipped it. And when he had dipped the sop, he gave it to Judas Iscariot, the son of who? Simon. So, the word sop there means morsel. And apparently there must have been some kind of a sauce that they dipped this in. And uh, He gave it to Judas. To who? Judas. And there, there it is. He was the one. So, and uh, in this culture, <clears throat> in, in a normal sense, this was a mark of honor that 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 uh, the guests receive a sop from the uh, the head of the banquet. So, we have another appeal to Judas. Now, was it locked in? Okay. <laughs> He was going to be the one to do it. Well, it was prophesied. It was prophesied. But never really revealed who it was until here. So I believe that God is full of mercy. Did Jesus Christ know? Of course. Of course he did. He's all known. He was God. <clears throat> but not without appealing to the good conscience of Judah or Judas to the point to where the man could have turned. But there comes a time, the Bible says, when he says, I will not always strive with man, with the spirit of man. See, rejection, 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 rejection breeds total rejection. It just, it hardens the heart. Pharaoh is a perfect example. The rejection of God's way, of God's plan, and um, it cost him his life, Pharaoh's life. He rejected the plan of God. The plan of God was for God to set his people free. And it's very dangerous to not heed to the Spirit of God. To reject him as a sinner, and even as a Christian, obedience is better than sacrifice. Listen to what the Holy Spirit is telling you. The Bible says, we'll talk about it, um, chapter 14, um, the promise of sending of the Spirit, the Holy Ghost. So Jesus, one more time, was appealing. Verse 27. 
And after the sob, Satan, this is not good, entered into the, him. Then Jesus, then said Jesus unto them, that thou doest do quickly. So here we have a point of total rejection. We've turned over. Okay. So the one behind all this, of course, was Satan. His wanted to stop Christ from going to the cross. He knew the scriptures, and he thought in his mind if he could stop him from going, then men would never be redeemed. Of course, he didn't do it, and he couldn't do it. So he rejected Jesus Christ, and he yielded to Satan. Now, James says, submit yourself unto God and resist the devil, and he will flee from you. Jesus made a way for us to resist. Temptation's coming, yes. Temptation is always there. <clears throat> but the Bible says that he will make a way of escape. If we submit ourselves, when we submit ourselves unto God, we submit to his word, we submit to his plan, we submit to his ways, and he becomes our Lord. It's not about us anymore. Paul said, it's not me that lives, but it's Christ who lives in me. So the question has to be asked today in our lives, personal lives, are we totally submitted to God? Is there a lead way? Are we giving place or opportunity to the devil in our lives? Time is so, so short. Time is of the essence. Uh, if you haven't noticed, this world is going crazy. The chaos is getting worse and worse. The Bible says it'll be peerless times, fierce times. Man's hearts will fail them what they see coming on the face of the earth. We've said many times on this broadcast that the earth, the creation is groaning or travailing or is in labor pains or birth pangs. Groaning towards a new age, which is um, after the seven-year tribulation, the thousand-year reign of Jesus Christ. So the world, in essence, is heading for seven years, what Jesus called Great Tribulation, that which has never, ever been before. In all the history of this earth, it's the creation. Never has there been a time like this, Jesus said. So he says, when you see these things come to pass... Look up, because your redemption draws nigh. See, this is a time of personal inventory. This is the time that we allow, we get in our prayer closets, and as the psalmist David prayed, he said, God, whatever you find in me that's not pleasing, get it out of my life. Place within me a, <clears throat> a new and a clean heart. Renew my spirit. <clears throat> Pardon me. Take not thy Holy Spirit from me. Search me, O Lord. A time of contemplation, a time of, of inventory, a time of self-evaluation led by the Holy Ghost. The searchlight of the Spirit who knows all things because the Holy Spirit's God. They reject it. Sad. Very sad. Sad. 
And the more men reject, then the easier it gets to reject. See, there's progression even in sin. There's progression in God, of course, but there's progression in sin. The more we reject, the more uh, we do what we do, the more we call evil good and good evil, the, the, the more hardened our heart can become, see? Guard your heart, because out of your heart proceeds the issues of life. Alone time with the Spirit of God will reveal these things. As I said before, we're caught up in the glitter and the, and the, uh, 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 the dynamics of church today. Uh, everything's about a production. But we need to set aside and 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 he's listen, he he he's got a church, and he says about spotting a wrinkle. On this rock I shall build my church, and the gates of hell will not prevail against it. But the church is the ones that are doing his will. They're the ones where he's Lord of, where men's productions are go by the wayside, men's ways go by the wayside, and the Holy Ghost rules and reigns in that house. In his his anointing, in his uh, the doctrine, as many say. Many don't like that term, but it's in the Bible. The doctrine of Jesus Christ. You can't deny his deity, his his uh, his man, his being a man, I'm say, do you know him today? Please don't turn him away. Verse 28. Now, no man at the table knew what intent he spake this unto him. Now, he just told him, the one I give the sop to is the one that's going to betray me. And he gave it to Judas. And he said, go and do what you got to do and do it quickly. And no, but yet no man at the table knew for what intent that he spake this Sunday in verse 29. For some of them thought because Judas had the bag, or he was the treasurer, that Jesus had said unto him, buy those things that we have need of against the feast, or that he should give something to the poor, which he never said that per se, as the scriptures indicate. He said, what you got to do, go do it quickly. They thought, well, maybe he's sending him to get bread for the feast. Verse 30. He then, having received the sop, went immediately out, and it was night, it was dark, okay? Not only was it night, but it was uh, dark in the heart of Jesus. His soul was uh, very dark. And I, I can't I, I can't imagine that this man driven by Satan, by the way, after Verse 27, and after the soft Satan entered to him, okay, to portray Christ. And he yielded to him, okay. He 
Like I said, for given opportunity after opportunity. See? How many opportunities have we had in life to make things right? Well, we're not getting any younger and time's time's moving on. Fast and furious. And the only thing that really matters I know the Bible says occupy until I come. That's what we need. We need to do the things we got to do. We need to uh, occupy, work for God, take care of your families, live this life. Understand all that. But when it comes right down to it, the rapture or our death, the only thing that really matters is where do we stand with Jesus Christ. Where do we stand with Jesus Christ? Do you know him? Have you accepted him? Is he Lord of your life? Does he sit on the throne of your heart? Verse 31. Therefore, when he was going out, Jesus said, Now is the Son of Man glorified, and God is glorified in him. In other words, it was about time. The wheels are set into motion. Uh, We know that Judas led the Sanhedrin to Christ in the Garden of Gethsemane. Gethsemane means uh, um, oil press, olive press. They said it's time for the Son of Man. Glorified, to be glorified. God is glorified in him. Christ glorified God in his death, and God glorified Christ in his resurrection. Pointing to who he was. The Bible says he sits by the Father's right hand right now, making intercession. God the Father said to to God the Son, sit by my right hand until I make your enemies your footstool. Verse 32, if God be glorified in him, God shall also glorify him in himself. And I shall straight, what straight way glorify him. Jesus was on a mission. Jesus was the, uh, by one man's sin come into the world was Adam, and by the second Adam's sin was obliterated through the cross. In other words, a victory over sin was won at the cross. Jesus was not only the second Adam, he's the last Adam. The man who repaired the breach between God and man. Because there was animosity, there was hostility between God and man because of sin, because of disobedience. But Jesus came to repair that, and he did. Verse 33, little children, in a little while I am with you. Shall seek me, and as I said unto the Jews, whether I go, ye cannot come. So now I say unto you. Now he's giving me teaching here. Judas has been sent out. He's teaching now. He's the rabbi now. Verse 34 A new commandment I give unto you that ye love one another as I have loved you, and that you also love 
one another. In the book of Leviticus chapter 19, it says you shall love your, around, around verse 18, you shall love your neighbor as yourself. And this is part of keeping the commandments. But Jesus come in love and he fulfilled this, uh, this precept written by Moses. So how important is love? Well, he said, what did he do to keep the commandments? He said, love the Lord thy God, follow thy heart, follow thy soul, follow thy spirit, and love your neighbor. That's yourself. He, he makes a statement in verse, in verse what, 35. He says, by this shall all men know that ye are my disciples. Hmm. If you love one to another. So love is a fruit. Love is something that uh, needs to be seen in the Christian's life. So love is the foundation of the new covenant established at the cross, the everlasting covenant, the Bible says. And it also is a point that should be seen in somebody's life that they uh, have been changed will be recognized because of their love as being a part of the new covenant. In other words, they have received the Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. We go to 1 Corinthians chapter 13, beginning verse 1. Though I speak of tongues of men and of angels and have not charity, I am become a sounding brass as a tinkling cymbal. And though I have the gift of prophecy and understand all my mysteries and all knowledge, and though I have all faith so that I could remove mountains that have not charity or love. I am nothing. He says, you're nothing but a tinkling symbol if you don't have love. And though I bestow all my goods, verse 3, to, f- to feed the poor, and though I give my body to be burned and have not charity, it profits me nothing. Charity suffereth long and is kind. Charity if not, charity vaunteth not itself, is not puffed up. Doth not believe itself unseemly, seeketh behave itself unseemly, seeketh not her own, is not easy to provoke, thinketh no evil. It doesn't rejoice in iniquity, but rejoices in truth, beareth all things, believeth all things, hopeth all things, endureth all things. It's all love. Charity or love never fails, but whether there be prophecies, they shall fail, whether there be tongues, they shall cease, whether there be knowledge, it shall vanish away. For we know in part, we prophesy in part. Verse 10, but when that which is perfect is come, then that which is part shall be done away. When I was a child, I spake as a child. I understood as a child. Verse 11, I thought as a child, but when I became a man, I put away childish things. For now we see through glass darkly, through a glass darkly, but then face to face. Now I know in part, but then shall I know even as also I am known. And now abideth faith, hope, charity, these three, but the greatest of these, the Bible says, is love for charity. For God so loved the world, he gave his only begotten son, that whosoever believed him should not perish, but have everlasting life. So we're moving towards the crucifixion, and Jesus is teaching there in those last few verses. 
and the wheels have been set in motion. And Judas will betray him, according to what the scripture says. So we see a couple of things here. We see the rejection of, of who? Judas. And then we see the importance of uh, a new commandment, he says, I guess. He said, I'm going to be glorified. I'm going to glorify God, and God's going to glorify me. And I give you a new commandment that you love one another, listen, as I have loved you. And by this all men shall know that you are my disciples, whether when you love one another. Exclamation point. So he's, Paul said you can do all the religious stuff you want to do. You know, you can prophesy and you can teach and you can preach on and on and on. But if you don't have love or charity... You know what snuffs out love in my observation is pride. Pride. Pride is self-serving. Pride is look at me. Pride is I want to be lifted up. Satan said, I will, I will, I will, I will. I will lift myself above the throne of the Most High. I'll do this, I'll do that. I'll, I'll, I'll be as God. No, that was pride. And pride comes before a fall. And a haughty spirit before destruction. We just talked about perdition. Probably Judas had pride. He rejected. He rejected. And it cost him. Cost him dearly. Cost him dearly. I don't. I'm not going to say he went to hell because I don't know all those things. You don't either. But from all, from all indication, it didn't end well. He's called the son of perdition or destruction. God's a merciful, merciful, merciful God. The Bible says his mercies are renewed daily. But there's coming a time. I've heard many say he's not run out of mercy, but he's run out of time. When that mercy was shut off, let's shut off the water of a spigot. He's going to judge this world. He's going to judge, him, judge this world through Jesus Christ. And that starts at the tribulation period. There's, I believe there's stages of judgment. I believe the world right now is an intermediate or partial judgment. But if you read the book of Revelation, you'll see what, what's coming. What's coming after that's a thousand-year reign. So we can look around at the signs of the times and see where we are prophetically. I don't know the day or the hour, neither do you. Don't quit setting dates. Not that you should come up on unaware, because we see the times. We don't know what day of the hour, but we know that it, it's got to be closed. It's got to be coming up because of the signs of the times. So the bottom line is, the Spirit of God dealing with you. Do not reject him. Receiving you today. Don't turn him away. Confess with your mouth and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead. Make a conscious decision to turn and repent. Denounce all evil. Invite him into your heart, into your life. He must sit on the throne of your heart. The Lord told Nicodemus, you must be born again, born from above. Bible says, if you hunger and thirst after righteousness, you shall be filled. There's only one righteousness, and that's the righteousness of Christ. 
We don't have any. The Bible says our righteousness is filthy rags. Father, we thank you, Lord, for this opportunity, God, today to proclaim your word. You said it won't come back void, but do what you sent it to do. The Holy Ghost, you're the one today that goes into the lives of people and the minds of people and deal and move in their hearts and their spirits. We just ask you right now in Jesus' name that you save souls, that you heal bodies, that you set people free in the name of Jesus. You see every individual, you see every struggle. And we know today, Father, you said, whosoever shall call on the name of the Lord shall be delivered and shall be set free. Bring healings and deliverances and miracles into people's lives and save souls, save families, save mom, dads, brothers, sisters, save, Lord, in Jesus' name. Hear that one today, and you will, that's crying out to you with a broken and a contrite spirit. We know that you're able. We ask all these things in the name of Jesus. Amen and amen. God bless till next time. Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. He maketh me to lie down in green pasture. Leads me beside the waters of rest.